This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9, I'm Chong Jensen and this is The Breakfast Grill. PGF Capital Berhad's core business is in manufacturing, design and distribution of glass mineral wool insulation. Glass mineral wool is mainly used as an insulator on buildings to save energy and provide indoor comfort through thermal and acoustic insulation. It has also ventured into property development, aquaculture and agriculture. PGF has been listed on the main board of Bursa Malaysia since 1990 but has not seen the entry of any institutional investors and does not have any analyst coverage. Is this set to change and what are the medium-term plans for the company? Joining us in the studio is Fon Wengsheng and he's Executive Chairman of PGF Capital. Thank you for joining us this morning. PGF Capital's share price has done very well. It's up 134% year-to-date and it brings its market capitalization to close to $180 million. This clearly beats the performance of the KLCI and the FTSE Bursa Small Cap Index where both were down by 5 year to date. What has changed so much in the past one year to deserve such a re-rating? Okay, I believe in the past we are more so-called family-run organization where we don't really go and talk to investors. We don't share what is going on with the company, with uh, analysts. So that's why the exposure of the company to the public is very minimal. But since then, we have started doing more investor relations. That's why more and more people get to know about the company and they know the potential that we have. Uh, that's why there's, we get getting traction on our share price and also the we share our prospect, future prospect, both near and future. And I believe that is a very... Uh, attractive prospect that we have that leads to uh, more and more investors being interested in our counter. But have you seen the entry of any funds or institutional shareholders since your roadshows? Yes, on a quarterly basis, we do study our register of shareholders and we do see some institutional uh, investors coming in. Mm, Can you disclose the names? Uh, I don't think I can disclose the name, but then believe their name will appear in our annual report, the upcoming annual report in the top 30 shareholder list. I noticed your share price also rarely, which coincided with the change of your name from Polyglass Fiber. Mm. So I was wondering whether that had anything to do with it. But let's talk about your main division currently, the manufacture of glass mineral wool, which contributed 97% of your group revenue in financial year 22. But your group revenue for financial 22, it showed a 12% decline in revenue and 76% decline in profit after tax to about 2 million. So I'm looking at your financials over a five-year period. Your revenue has been in a range of 55 4 to 72 million but your bottom line on your net profit numbers they've been a bit more volatile from a low of about 1.8 million in financial 18 to a high of 8 million in financial 21 the business is obviously quite cyclical and has high operating leverage but can you help us understand why this is so the the reason that there's a high and low the about four years ago we re-strategized because before that we were spreading very thin so basically we export to every single country that that 
require insulation in this world. For the past 30 years that we have been in this business, we have been uh, ex- we have exported to as far as uh, Halifax in Canada and even uh, Dublin in Ireland. So four years ago, we said, okay, we, we are spreading too thin. Why not? We, we look at what we are good in doing, in making, in producing, then and what is the proximity that the market that can fetch us higher margin and a consistent volume. So we have actually identified four countries. And of course, Malaysia being the home base is one of the country and Singapore is so near to us. And the other two is actually Australia and New Zealand. So from there, you can see that our after we restrategize our profit and revenue started to be on the uptrend. But then we are impacted by the COVID, the lockdowns, the MCOs, where our in our industry, we have a furnace where we are we cannot stop. So during the MCO, uh, we have to apply from a MITI to have a small crew to be in the plant to maintain the furnace to make sure that it's in operation. Because once we stop the furnace, the whole business will have to stop for a very long time. Because to in order to restart the furnace, it takes very, at least a month or more. I would imagine given the nature of your business, there will be some correlation with housing starts and the general sentiment on the property sector as a whole, especially overseas. But as we approach an impending slowdown or recession, do you sense that customers are taking a more cautious approach? Uh, yes, we see that in Malaysia, but also that there's a big labour shortage in the construction industry in Malaysia as well. So we have been seeing the slowdown uh, since early this year in Malaysia but in Australia it's a totally different market again uh, again they are facing with a shortage of labour in the construction industry a project has been delayed and actually a, a last chunk of a project was supposed to be completed last year pushed to this year and of course a lot of people talk about recession coming next year and those kind of things but the good thing is that we uh, more than 60% of our revenue comes from Australia and in Australia, the, there are few schemes in place that will actually increase the demand for insulation. One of it is the recladding because uh, I believe everyone knows about Glenfell, London, the fire, and also two, I think two to three fire incidents uh, in, uh, in Australia as well. So there's this uh, scheme the government that implemented to reclad all the buildings. So when recladding happens, they have to change the panel and at the same time, they have to change the insulation. All right, so PGF is benefiting from some changes in legislation in Australia as well. Yeah, this is one of it. And also there's a change of building code in Australia and New Zealand. They revise their building code every three years to increase the energy efficiency of their buildings, especially homes. Every revision, there will be increase in demand for insulation because insulation is the most economical way to increase the energy rating of a building. I understand there are two product models, Classic and Brownie, both marketed under the EcoWool brand. EcoWool Brownie was launched in 2013 in response to the increasing demand for products that can meet more stringent environmental requirements. But can you help us understand what is the revenue split between both products now and which has better profitability? The the Classic is more towards industrial and uh, HVAC and the uh, brownie is more towards residential. In terms of the split, I would say it's about uh, 60 
60 plus percent to brownie and uh, the the balance are classic. In uh, May of this year, you also announced you're incorporating a company in Australia. You mentioned that 60% of your products are actually exported to Australia and the company is for expanding the manufacturing division in Oceania. How much capex are you incurring for this venture and what are your expectations in terms of market size and potential revenue contribution? Today, we have about 5 to 6% market share in Australia. So we see that there is huge potential uh, for us to increase that market share to about 20% in, uh, between the next two to three years' time. Uh, I just came back from Australia. So uh, we, we have started to uh, lease uh, warehouses that come together with office uh, across multiple major cities in Australia. And uh, two of them will be operational early next year. And we already have a core team in place in Australia uh, today. And uh, we have started the expansion plan uh, since three months ago. How about your Pry facility in Penang, which has a capacity of 25,000 metric tons per annum? Uh, which is an increase by of 20% compared to 20,000 metric tons per annum from a year ago. Will you be expanding this uh, facility as well? The Pride facility, we have actually expanded to uh, its limit. So for us to increase the capacity further, it has to be in another side. With the growth and opportunity that we are seeing in the near term, our team has also uh, started searching for... Uh, another location that is suitable for us to uh, build, uh, build new facilities and have uh, ease of export and also closer to the source of our raw materials. Who are your top five uh, customers now and how much do they contribute to revenue? Is there any major concentration risk? We In Malaysia, we don't really have very significant cust- one or two very significant customer because we believe we uh, do not want to put all eggs into one basket. Same goes to Australia. Uh, the reason we are there is because we are servicing the uh, builders, the contractors directly. So we are we have multiple customers. But who do you count then as your main competitors locally as well as abroad? Locally, there are two manufacturers. Uh, one is ourselves. The other one is an European company. But they operate in the LMW uh, 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 setup. So they are based on export only. They don't sell their products into the Southeast Asia region. So yes, we do compete with them in Australia and New Zealand. And in Australia and New Zealand, there are two more uh, manufacturers. We are working closely with them. At the same time, we are competing. Why I say we are working closely with them? Because sometimes if they need uh, us to OEM for them, we do that for them. And when there's uh, help that's required from them, they will help us as well. So it's more of uh, friendly competitors, I would say. In December of 2021, PGF Capital also announced it is investing in a new meltdown fabric manufacturing facility in Pry Penang, which was envisaged that the demand for face masks and non woven meltdown fabric will remain strong and the facility was expected to be commissioned by 15th of January of this year but since then the mask mandate in Malaysia has been removed how has this venture panned out in terms of demand and return on your investment? We started the Melbourne business uh, 
in 2020, a few months after the pandemic has actually started. Where we come about this is that at that point of time, people that I know invested in a mask-making machine and they just could not source melt-blown fabric from uh, anywhere that because there were no manufacturer in Malaysia at that point of time and they were importing and they could not get consistent supply. So, uh, okay, I say since uh, that's the case and it's pandemic, I, we went in to invest in uh, the Melbourne manufacturing uh, equipment and we started the business. So it's a mixture of a little bit on opportunity play and also a civic uh, thing that we need to do because at that point of time, if without the Melbourne material, they could not make masks for the Malaysian population. So uh, you are right, the market has, uh, the demand for Melbourne and for facial masks has actually decreased. And uh, that's why we are looking into using the same facility to manufacture a breathable membrane. Breathable membrane is uh, something up and coming for the construction uh, sector. On the breakfast grill this morning is Fong Wensheng. He's executive chairman of PGF Capital. When we come back, we will speak to him about its cost structure, most recent financials, new business ventures and its valuations, BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. In the hot seat is Fong Wenshen. He's executive chairman of PGF Capital. Before the break, we spoke on its share price performance, core division glass mineral wool, different product models and their expansion plans. For financial 2021 and financial 2022, raw material costs was about 24 to 25 million, which is about 38 to 43% of group revenue. Can you help us understand your cost structure? What are the key raw material costs and what has been the movement of prices? Most of the uh, cost increase happened during the pandemic where the freight costs has increased tremendously. Not only the increase in freight costs and there's also lack of uh, availability on shipping vessels to move the uh, raw materials and also at the same time we are export-based company to move our products to our export market. What we are seeing today is that the, because of the uh, Ukraine war, the gas prices has increased uh, tremendously. That is affecting uh, our bottom line uh, at this point of time because we continue to hide. We, uh, the thing in Malaysia is that the only party that we could purchase the natural gas from is Gas Malaysia. Well, uh, in other countries, there's multiple natural gas supplier and they could sign a long-term contract with them. For us, we are on basically a spot rate of uh, on a quarterly basis. So for, for gas prices, is, uh, basically we have to follow the market price. For raw material, we are seeing some material uh, has actually reduced, come down in prices. Uh, mainly because the the big decrease in the freight cost and also a, a lot of ability in uh, vessels nowadays. During the pandemic, we have to, I think not only us, because a lot of manufacturers also, because of supply chain disruption, they also worry that oh, one day I might run out of raw material. So everyone, including ourselves, we went ahead 
and we, we bought a lot of raw material and kept it in our warehouse. I think that has made the prices for raw material to increase because suddenly well, the demand becomes so great. But now everyone has a lot of raw materials in their warehouse. They have reduced the, uh, the purchases and that's where they, we see raw material prices start to come down. PGF acquired 1,311 acres of land in Diamond Creek Country Retreat in Tanjong Malim in 1997 and the land has a carrying value of about 136 million or about 2 ringgit and 40 cents per square foot. Is the land still encumbered and what portion has been converted to residential status? We have actually submitted uh, the re- master plan to rezone uh, our piece of land in Tanjung Malim because according to the Perak Master Plan, they have already rezoned our land to residential. But now that we are going into development, developing the land, so the local council have asked us to resubmit a master plan, uh, rezone it to follow the Perak Master Plan. So uh, we have actually submitted the plan to the local council and uh, what we are hearing is that because of the election, there's a little bit of delay for them to come back to us. So we expect to hear from them within the next one to two months. Right. There is also a JV with Malvest Properties, Sandran Berhard, to develop a new township in Diamond Creek. So under this JV, you will provide... 45 acres of land adjacent to Proton City to develop residential properties with a gross development value of about 185 million. Who is Malvest Properties and why can't you develop the land on your own? We own the land for 30 years. When we acquired the land, we were looking at the progress of Proton. Because Proton City at that time, Tun uh, Mahathir was trying to create something similar to Toyota City in Japan. So we saw the opportunity, we went in, but uh, uh, sadly it did not happen. And later on, the news of Proton uh, to be acquired by Volkswagen, it got us excited for a while. And then finally, uh, Geely came into the picture. And uh, actually that's a good thing because we see that uh, Geely is, uh, as we know, you can see the vehicles are churning out from the Tanjung Malim plant and also by 2025, they are going to relocate the all the manufacturing facility from Shah Alam to uh, their plant in Tanjung Malim in Proton City. Uh, so why Malwest? Okay, because we there are few uh, and property developer that have approached us and we, we study their profile and look at, okay, because some property developer are good in, in uh, to, de- to develop in a city area, some in st- states where there is less, uh, less development and those kind of things. So we look at their profile, we see that, okay, for Tanjung Malim, they are the right fit, right partner for us. But how does this JV work? The land is injected into a JV company, you recognise a profit, and you also take development profits shared between Malvest. No, for, okay, so we have uh, 
broken it down to multiple phases. For the first phase, we are the land provider and they are the developer. Subsequent phases, then we will uh, create a SPV uh, and from there is a joint venture to continue the development beyond these 45 acres. For your most recent quarter, which is second quarter financial year 23, your results showed strong growth with revenue up 121% year on year to 23 million, while your pre-tax profit also moved back to the black with a profit of close to 5 million. What's your sense of how the business will be in financial 24 or the calendar year 2023? So, uh, like what I mentioned just now, the there's a building code that will uh, be revised in Australia and New Zealand come middle of 2023. And that's where we see that there will be an increase of demand for our products into that countries. So we see uh, in terms of uh, growth, there will be a positive growth from uh, current financial year. And as at 31st August of 2022, your total borrowings is about Ringgit Malaysia, 33 million, of which close to 15 million is Ringgit denominated and close to 19 million is USD denominated debt. So for the USD debt, I'm sure there's some form of natural with your sales, but how much has interest cost increased from a year ago? The interest cost has increased because, as we know, the US is the first one who raised the uh, interest rate and it continued to do so to control the inflation over there. Our loan is a term loan, so it's over a span of uh, quite a number of years. So we see that it will continue to, to go up and down depending on the, the effects. Uh, to be exact, how many percent, I do not have that figure with me because uh, my CFO is the one monitoring it. All right. Looking at your balance sheet again, you're in a net debt position of 20 million. Your net gearing is quite comfortable, about 10%, but it has deteriorated from 3% as at 28 February of 2022. Your cash position is also down by 40% to 13 million, while your operating cash flows have been negative for the past two quarters. Uh, are you seeing any strain in your working capital? Actually, a lot of uh, financial institutions actually approach us and uh, they say our net gearing is pretty low. Why not we take more uh, loans from them and so on? The reason is because we are uh, in expanding in our durian plantation. Uh, like, uh, I believe everyone would know that durian, it will take at least five years before it bears fruit. So there will be continued cash to be uh, expense for to maintain and to grow the durian trees. Valuation-wise, the stock is trading at roughly just below book value. Earnings delivery looks a bit choppy, but if I, if I were to analyse your first half numbers, which could be a bit too optimistic, your price-earnings ratio would be roughly about 10 to 11 times. And you have also instituted a dividend policy. So based on that dividend policy, your dividend yields also appear not so attractive at about 2%. But for now, do you believe growth in the company has peaked? And why then should investors buy your shares? I don't believe that it has peaked because uh, like what I mentioned just now, we are on expansion mode. We are looking into adding uh, new facilities, uh, new uh, capacity to increase our revenue and profit. And also, the we have diversified into number of business in agriculture, aquaculture, and also property development. So we are seeing that the uh, both the revenue and profit will continue to grow year to year. 
On that note, thank you for your time. Today on The Breakfast Grill was Fong Wenshen, Executive Chairman of PGF Capital Berhad. I'm Chong Jen Sun, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.